This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Tuesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. A a bit of a uh, wasteland of sports uh, last night uh, around the world, with the exception of the Olympics. Not a lot going on, so we're going to talk a little Olympics this morning. We're going to talk a lot about Major League Baseball this morning. Of course, the lockout going on. This is the time of year that we should be saying after we at the after the Super Bowl, we all always say, "Okay, now it's baseball season." Well, guess what? As of right now, we don't have a baseball season. Spring training uh, was supposed to be uh, getting ready to start here in the next week. Pitchers and catchers should already be heading down to Florida. Your reporters should be down there, letting us know what's going on. And uh, we have nothing. We don't even have the two t- sides getting together to negotiate, which is a huge problem. Uh, but we'll get to all that in a minute. Of course, uh, let's start with the Olympics and uh, women's figure skating, of course, at the top of the list. Uh, Camilla Vaeva, the young lady, 15 years old from uh, Russia, who was provisionally suspended after failing a drug test, uh, was put back into the competition by the uh, board for the arbitration for sport. And uh, the Olympic Committee has said there's still not going to be a medal ceremony, even if she uh, if she medals or if she wins or if the Russians sweep, which many people think they may do, because there is questions about whether ultimately she will be disqualified. And as I said yesterday, I feel badly for her simply because she's part of the systematic doping that has been going on in Russia uh, for years, look, remember back in the old days, back here goes grandpa again, but back in the 70s and 80s and even in the 60s, when the Eastern Bloc countries, you know, like East Germany and Czechoslovakia and Romania, there was doping going on all the time. It was a huge scandal. And we had kind of gotten away with that or, or gotten away from that with the uh, the breakup of the of the uh, the Eastern Bloc or the Berlin Wall coming down and Germany unifying, and a lot of that kind of went away. But it's always been there in that part of the world. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. So I feel badly for her that she's kind of caught up in this. You know, and the by the way, the excuse that she gave, <clears throat> and I'm sure this is what she was told to do, the uh, the the drug that she tested positive for is a heart medication. Now, this heart medication that she tested positive for, well, it is a legitimate medication for people with heart conditions, but it also has been known to increase stamina in athletes. There is evidence that it does that. So her excuse is that she used a contaminated cup after her grandfather had used it. I guess her grandfather had taken the drug 
and she used the same cup after uh, he did, and that's how she got it in her system. Now, number one, the drug that she tested positive for is a pill. So even if uh, even if he had used the same cup to take his pill, how the hell is the how the hell is the uh, the trace of it getting into her system if it was a pill that this guy took? Number two, what the hell are you doing using the same cup your grandfather used? I don't know about you. I don't even want to use the same cup my wife used, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but so it, you know, look, it's kind of a lame excuse. I'm sure that's what she was told to say. Um, but she will skate later on today uh, as they begin the competition. The short program's going on now. Um, they're on live right now. Uh, NBC's not going to have it on until prime time tonight. If you don't want to know what's going on, don't read the internet because, uh, obviously word will be out before it's ever on television tonight, which is one of the issues when you have, uh, that kind of a time gap when there's a 12 hour time gap, it makes it really, really difficult. Uh, but anyway, the, the other part of this I, I wanted to talk about, um, if you remember and Shakari Richardson back from the summer Olympics, Remember when she was banned uh, and from competing in the Tokyo Olympics in the summer because she smoked marijuana uh, to relieve her anxiety after she found out that her mother had died? Um, and by the way, folks, uh, you know, marijuana is not a performance-enhancing drug. I understand that in many parts of the world it is an illegal drug, and, and while we have... Uh, 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 while we have legalized it in many states around this country, uh, it, as far as the federal government goes, it's still an illegal drug. So I get that it's it, you're not supposed to use it, yada, yada, yada. But it's not a performance-enhancing drug. And yet Shakari Richardson was banned from competing in the Tokyo Olympics because she smoked dope or smoked marijuana. And yet this young lady took a known performance-enhancing drug, something that increases performance in athletes, and yet she is being allowed to compete. And, you know, Sha'Carri Richardson was obviously asked about it, and I don't like to draw the race card. She did. She's, you know, she's black. She has the right to do that. But she said the only difference that she sees is that I'm a black young lady, she said. Um, I would argue that it's not anything to do with race. You know, maybe I'm naive. I would say it's not race. I would say it is more likely the fact that she is from the United States. And, uh, you know, the, it, with uh, Vaeva being from Russia, they don't want to make it look like they're piling on. They're already not letting the Russians compete under their own flag. And with what Putin's got going on at the border right now and, you know, the, you know all the saber rattling going on, it's almost like um, they didn't want to poke the bear too much, so to speak. Maybe I'm being naive about that, but that's kind of the way I see it, you know, but it doesn't seem right, quite frankly, that Carrie Richardson gets banned for marijuana, something that has nothing to do with enhancing your performance, and yet this young lady who does, who t took something that does, is being allowed to compete. Again, don't blame her. I blame the system. I blame, I, and I guarantee you that, you know, it's it's happened in many other cases, and maybe people are, are skating, or no pun intended, you know, getting away with it. 
And look, there's a lot of people that are pissed about this. One of the American skaters, um, male skaters, said, you know, he said, F this on social media. And he said, it's just not right. He said, you have so many athletes at these games doing things the right way and doing things the clean way. And yet this young lady got caught cheating, whether it was by the by design by the Russians or whether it really was by accident. But at the end of the day, she got caught cheating. And yet she's going to get away with it and is going to go home with probably a couple of gold medals. Even if she doesn't get to stand up on the podium and people are going to say, well, that's, you know, that's part of the punishment is no medal ceremony. Big, big crap. She's going home with a couple of gold medals. So, you know, we'll see. But anyway, so that starts today. So that's obviously going to be uh, the talk for the next few days. I think the final for the women's competition is on Thursday. So uh, for the next few days, we'll be hearing a lot about this. Uh, hockey in the news in the Olympics. Uh, we've got the women's hockey team from the United States taking on Canada for the seventh time in the gold medal game. The only time that these two teams did not play in the championship for the gold medal was in 2006 when the United States got upset. I think it was by Sweden. Uh, but other than that, the United States and Canada have played for the gold medal every time since women's hockey was added to the Olympics. Um, they played in the, the uh, preliminary rounds. Canada won that one four to two. Um, they also beat the United States in the, uh, the world championships three to two. So Canada goes in as a big favorite, no question about it. But uh, once again, we get to see uh, those two teams uh, face off. That game will be uh, tonight. Uh, same thing, men's hockey team. Now, they're not going for the gold yet. They are in the quarterfinals. They will take on Slovakia in the quarterfinals. Of course, the United States made some uh, a big splash by beating Canada in the uh, the prelim rounds. Um, you know, look, and... and uh, the fact that the NHL players are not here. There's a lot of former NHL players, obviously, uh, for a lot of countries, guys that have left the NHL and gone back to play in their professional leagues in their home countries. That gives those teams a little bit of an advantage, you would think. The United States is basically a bunch of college kids. I mean, you've got 19-year-old kids out there skating. And, you know, I don't want to say it's, uh, you know, it's a repeat of the, uh, you know, uh, of uh, the Lake Placid Olympics, you know, in the uh, do you believe in miracles thing. But I will say that it is, um, you know, they are pr long shots. The fact that they've gotten to the quarterfinals, excellent, kind of expected that to happen. They are expected to beat Slovakia. They are the favorites. But, again, you know, you just never know. Uh, and one of the, uh, uh, the top skaters for the United States may not skate today, uh, Jake Sanderson. He has an injury. Uh, he did practice um, today, but he missed the prelim game on Sunday against Germany. Uh, now he now when I say he practiced, he skated. Uh, you know he's one of the top defensemen for this team. He did not uh, uh, did not take part in team drills, but just the fact that he was out there on the ice made them feel good. So we'll see. But anyway, uh, that game will also be taking place tonight and that's where we're at as far as the olympics go i watched uh, a little bit of it last night i look i don't ski i went skiing twice in my life and did not enjoy the experience uh by the way i, I blame my not liking skiing on a former classmate uh i went to college i went to franklin pierce college in new hampshire i blame my 
my uh, love, lack of love for skiing on a on a classmate at Franklin Pierce, a guy by the name of Bill Cheville. I don't know if Bill's if Bill's listening or not, but uh, Bill, I apologize. But uh, Bill thought it would be funny. I had never been skiing before. Bill was an, a ski instructor, and I think this was my sophomore or junior year. I think it was my sophomore year in college. And Bill thought it would be funny if he took me to Killington up in Vermont for my first chance to go skiing. Now, I don't know anything about skiing. I have no idea. So we get there. You know, I, I, I rent the equipment and whatnot. We get on the ski lift, and we don't go to the bunny hill to teach Gene how to ski. No, no, we're going to take, we're going to take Gene far up the mountain. And, uh, uh, we went far up the mountain, uh, to like one of the diamond, uh, diamond runs. Uh, I went up there. It's, uh, uh, was Bill Cheville. And I can't remember the last guy, the guy's name was like Warfel. I can't remember his first name, but anyway, uh, so we, we, uh, get, get up on the lift and we go all the way up towards the top of the mountain, not all the way to the top to the double diamond or anything, but we went up to a pretty difficult uh, slope. And those two idiots decide, Hey, we'll see you at the bottom. And they just left me. I have no idea what I'm doing. I've had no instructions other than like, you know, down into bottom, you know, Bill gave me a couple of instructions, but here's how you slow down, you know, yeah. And then just left me skated away, skied away and said, see ya. Best of luck to you, buddy. Well, here I am and I'm looking down and I'm going, Oh, I am going to die. I think I, I, uh, so I said, well, I don't have a lot of choice. My only choice was to take off my skis and try to walk down the slope in my ski boots. By the way, have you ever tried to walk in ski boots? It's not easy. So I decided, well, I'm going to give it a try. And so I get on and I, I do the snowplow thing, you know, where you, you invert the skis. So you try to go slower. So, yeah, well, this thing was so steep. There was no going slow. I hit that slope. And I mean to tell you, I lasted mm, maybe, maybe. 50 feet, maybe 100 feet before I was in the fence, in the woods, done. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I finally, I dusted myself up and uh, I probably crashed about five or six more times because there's moguls up at the top. I hit one of those. I went up in the air and I mean, I, I don't know how I didn't die. I don't know how I didn't break anything. And when I got to the bottom, let me tell you, I invented some new swear words. It was... <laughs> So, uh, and then I went one other time, you know, and, and then this time I went and I, I went on the, you know, the, the beginner slope and, you know, but I just, no, it's just not for me. I'm not, I'm, <laughs> but I enjoy, I went, I said, told this story because to say this, I enjoy watching skiing. I enjoyed watching the downhill last night for the women. I enjoy watching these idiots go up on skis and go backwards and go over flips. And I enjoy watching it. Maybe it's because I have some some feel for what it is that they're doing. Not that I could ever do it, but I've been on skis, so you kind of can get an idea. Yeah, I enjoy watching it. These guys are nuts. Honest to God. But uh, so I, I watched uh, that last night. Uh, uh, Michaela Schifrin did not have a good downhill. She doesn't normally race in the downhill. She's only won like two World Cup uh, downhill races in her career. Uh, she's just doing it because it's been a disastrous Olympics for her. She's now 0 for 4. She finished 18th in the downhill last night, uh, but she's going to race in two more. She's going to uh, participate in the Alpine Combined on Thursday, 
Now, she won a silver in that back in 2018 in Pyongyang, and then she's going to also race uh, in the team event on Saturday. So, uh, look, she already has two gold medals from past Olympics. There's no American has ever won three gold medals in a career from the United States. So, you know, if she manages to do that, great. Uh, Is this the last time we'll see her in the Olympics? I don't know. She could come back again. I think, what, she's 27. She could come back uh, for the next one. But it's been a tough Olympics for her. Uh, But I enjoyed watching that last night. I also enjoyed watching uh, uh, the the slopes last night with uh, Michelle Gu. Uh, That was kind of fun as uh, she ends up taking a silver medal last night. Uh, she was, com- of course, competing for her mother's home country of China, uh, but she was uh, uh, did pretty well last night. No question about it, but she did take the uh, silver. If she wins, by the way, another medal, um, she has one more event. She's going to complete uh, compete in the free, sc- uh, free ski half pipe later this week. If she medals in that, she will become the first extreme sports athlete to win three medals at any Olympics. So, uh, you know, and uh, good for her. You know, she's taken a beating from both uh, uh, the United States and from China. Nobody seems to be happy the fact that she was born in the United States, competing for China, and, you know, she's taking grief from both sides. But it, and some people say, well, you know, she's only doing it for China because she's trying to increase her visibility. And, you know, she does some modeling. And she's trying to increase sponsorship opportunities for her. Well, you know what? So what? If she is, good for her. Good for her. You know, I mean, look, at the end of the day, the kid's 18 years old. She's getting ready to start college. And if this is something that she thinks can help her uh, down the road for a career, what? And, and, and she can use the Olympics to do that. What the hell do we care? You know, I mean, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, you get a chance to do an internship, uh, you know, so that you can get a better job when you leave college. I mean, that's good for you. You know, I mean, this is a little bit more than an internship, but, you know, you get the idea. If you have an opportunity to better yourself and better, your, you know, put yourself in a better position for your career later, why not? You know, and it's not like she's doing anything illegal. Her mother's Chinese and she spends a lot of time in China anyway. So, you know, it's just it, it's part of the it's it's part of the crap with social media it's the stuff we got to put up with because everybody is uh everybody's an expert everybody's got an opinion it is 25 minutes past the hour we're going to take a break we're back in a minute we're going to talk about baseball when we come back you're listening to the wake-up call on sports country it's 28 minutes past the hour welcome back to the wake-up call here on a tuesday morning uh, I know it's been frustrating for those of you that enjoy watching the uh, the show on Facebook. I don't know why the hell you'd want to watch me uh, and see my my face, but although my office is kind of cool now, I guess. But uh, I know it's been frustrating with the internet that we have down here. I've talked about it ad nauseum. I get it. Uh, one thing though, if uh, uh, it do, it's not going to help you watch, but we now have our podcast. Uh, we turned this uh, radio show into a podcast. That's now available on Facebook. It's also available on uh, Amazon Music and Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. It's available everywhere. Um, but uh, it's also on Facebook. So if you're having trouble with the video and you just want to listen to the uh, to the broadcast later, you can do that. Uh, it will be available uh, about a half an hour after the show is over. It'll be posted on Facebook. So uh, it's another way for you to uh, keep up with what we're doing uh, if you want to do that. All right. Um, so as I said, this is the time of year when we're usually talking baseball, you know, and, you know, for baseball junkies like me, this is the time of year you're getting excited 
you know, we should be hearing the slap of the leather and the ball, and we're not hearing any of that. And that is because of the lockout. You know, and, and here's what's ang- what angers me. Uh, well, two, there's a couple of things. Number one, there is no sense of urgency by either side. Now, maybe there is when, on the MLB Players Association. If there is, we're not hearing that. You know, we're not hearing about frustration about, hey, how come we're not meeting? But we're lucky if they meet a couple of times a month since this thing started. It's ridiculous. And when they meet, you know, they are not coming any closer to solving these things. You know, Major League Baseball, the last couple of uh, uh, proposals that they have uh, or or counter proposals that they have come with are insulting. There's no, uh, no, seems like no urgency to try to meet in the middle or to try to find some common ground. It's just like MLB has dug its heels in and said, we're going to screw you guys, and that's it. And I'm sorry, folks, this is on the league. I don't want to hear about the greed of the players. Let's make something clear here. And look, the minimum salary in Major League Baseball now is over $600,000. I get that that's a lot of money. Okay, I get it. But when you're in an industry that makes billions and billions and billions of dollars, $600,000 is not that much. All right, so that's number one. Um, But this is on Major League Baseball, period. Because the other part of this that pisses me off is there did not have to be a lockout. You know, there have been situations before when a, a, uh, a collective bargaining agreement has run out and the two teams have continued to negotiate while continuing the game under the old CBA. That could have been done here. But the Major League Baseball owners decided to lock the players out and put a halt to all activity because they wanted to play hardball. They thought by doing this, they took the power away from the players. Now, how did they do that? Well, if they continued to work under the old collective bargaining agreement, the players could decide at any point, hey, we're just going to strike. You know, it could have been in the middle of the season, the players could say, we're going to strike. So the, the owners were trying to take that power away from the players. And not only have they done that, they said, not only are we going to take your power away from you, we're, give, we're giving you nothing. You know, the players want the, uh, uh, the competitive balance threshold raised. You know, they want teams to be able to spend more money, not less. Well, what has Major League Baseball done? They've lowered it. And not only have they lowered it, they have absolutely made the penalties for going over that luxury tax threshold I mean, prohibitive to the point where you're not going to see a lot of teams be willing to go over to the at the rate that they were before because Major League Baseball is trying to say, uh, oh, it's going to be, you know, like a 50% tax. You know, uh, uh, and they won't move on that. And, and if they do it a second or third time, it's 75% or 100%. That is a huge increase. Right now, all right, in, in the CBA, the penalties for going over the threshold are 20%, 30%, and 50%. And that's that's a 20% tax on every dollar that you go over. So if you go over the, the threshold, 
by $10 million, it's going to cost you $2 million bucks the first time. That's 20%. Then it's 30%. Then it's 50%. You know, now, the Dodgers, it would cost them an ass load because they've been spending money like no tomorrow. But, I mean, it is not only – so not only did they lower the threshold, they've made the penalties 50, 75, and 100. They've made it so owners won't do, won't do it because they're trying to deflate salaries. You know, the other part of this is they're talking about uh, minimum salaries, all right? Uh, and and uh, they're trying to come up with a tiered system. Look, Major League Baseball has kept salaries low for their, their young players forever. The current minimum salary, I think, is uh, uh, $570,000. So MLB has, has come up with this proposal where they're going to tier it. Uh, it's uh, between uh, – it'd be 615000 then 650, and then players with two to three years would get 700000 Now, understand something here. The amount that they are going to raise these salaries every year doesn't keep up with the rate of inflation. So players would actually be losing real money. Now, I know. Everybody's going to say, it's a lot of money. $700,000 is a ton of money. I get it but you're still not keeping up with inflation. And let's also understand something here. Yes, the average salary in Major League Baseball is one point something million dollars. But understand something here. The majority of the the reason that those salaries are so high is because of a handful of players. Guys like Mike Trout, Max Scherzer, Garrett Cole, uh, you know, guys like that. That's the reason why the average salary is so high. That you've got guys that are billionaires. You probably got you know twenty to thirty players that are making these ridiculous amounts of money, and then you have guys making, you know, six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars, which isn't chump change. I get it, but you know, again, I think people are getting hung up on. Uh, that, well, these guys are making tens, 20, 30 million dollars a year. Most of people are not, folks. Most players are not. And I don't hear people bitching because Tom Cruise or uh, Denzel Washington or whoever is getting 20 million dollars to make a movie. You don't think about it. You just go and you plunk your money down and you watch the movie. You know, I mean, but. The salaries have gone down. The average salary has gone down year after year, I believe, since 2016. And under these new proposals by Major League Baseball, they would go down even farther. It's There's no question because the, the, uh, uh, the luxury tax threshold is going to drop. The penalties are going to go up, which means that you know, maybe a guy that might have been able to get $3 million out of an owner in arbitration is now not going to get that because they're not going to have that money to spend because they are not going to want to go so far over that luxury tax threshold. There is no doubt in my mind this is on the owners. You know, it's, it's easy to dump on the players. Let's understand this as well. Values of Major League Baseball teams are through the roof. The, 
you know, Rob Manfred was stand, stood up at a press conference the other day and tried to spin that a owning a major league baseball team is not a good investment. If you take a look over the last 20 years at what owners have paid for major league teams and then what they have been able to turn around and sell these teams for, the amount of return on their investment is obscene. The only sport that has a better percentage is the NFL. The NFL is king. We know that. But baseball, you know, people and people that want to say baseball's dead, okay, go ahead. But you know what? These teams are worth more than NBA teams. They're worth more than NHL teams. You know, they are not a bad investment. They are a complicated investment. They are an expensive investment, but they are not a bad investment. So, uh, look, so this is completely on the owners, period. I don't want to hear it. I'm not going to listen to arguments the other way because it's just too easy to blame the greedy players. This is about the greedy owners, period. And then you have idiots like Jim Bowden, who wrote, writes for The Athletic, and Jim Bowden, who's been on MLB uh, Network, uh, MLB Radio. You know, this is a guy, a former GM in, in Major League Baseball, he sounds like a bag man for the MLB for MLB saying that this is on the players that the players should be uh, uh, coming in and and uh, giving more. Look, the, the players have made some movement. Major League Baseball has made no movement. They have made like token movement to make it look like they're doing something, but they're doing nothing. As I've said from the very beginning, Rob Manfred hates baseball. Rob Manfred is an idiot. He is the worst commissioner I think in the history of baseball. I mean, he is just hideous. The decisions that he makes, you know, the whole the whole uh, minor league thing and all the other stuff that they're doing, this is just, he is the worst commissioner in the history of commissioners. Well, maybe not, but the worst one Major League Baseball is at as far as I'm concerned. And by the way, you know, along with this, as we're, we're working on this, Major League Baseball also wants to cut down the number of minor league players that each franchise has. You know, currently, uh, each team is allowed to have 180 minor league players. But the commissioner's office wants to reduce that below 150 in this collective bargaining agreement. So that's another thing that's coming up. So not only are you going to try to keep salaries down and keep these players down, now you want to cut more minor league jobs so guys won't will have less of a chance. Now, look, a lot of these guys that would be cut from the 180 now to below 150. A lot of these guys never have a chance to play Major League Baseball anyway. These are guys that are roster fillers. Now, to be fair, these guys that are roster fillers were the best baseball players on their college team or on their high school team. These guys can play. These guys are good players. They're just not elite players. And the thing that you're forgetting is, and this is a good point, I I was reading a – a blog the other day, uh, uh, Craig Calcaterra, who does, uh, it's called uh, uh, Cup of Coffee, uh, a blog that he does every morning. It's really good. Uh, now, he's a little bit of a socialist for me, but you know, but as far as uh, his take on a lot of uh, sports stuff or baseball stuff, he's right on. Um, a lot of these guys that would get cut are guys that would 
give back to the game. Now, what do I mean by that? These are guys, even though they never are going to get in a major league game, these are guys that are really talented that are going to go back to their hometowns and to their high schools, their colleges, junior colleges, or the youth baseball programs in town, and work with younger people as coaches, mentors, you know, maybe instructors, whatever, you know, these are guys that are going to help younger players get better. If you take that opportunity away from them to play minor league baseball, you are taking uh, potential mentors and, and coaches away, perhaps, at the lower levels. It's just short-sightedness. But considering how Major League Baseball has handled a lot of things, it shouldn't surprise me. But this is all on the owners, folks. Uh, uh, and you can't convince me otherwise. One other thing that uh, that Craig pointed out, and, and he's right, if you have a subscription to MLB TV, which I do, uh, through the MLB uh, uh, website, which allows you to watch uh, out-of-market games. And now, it's not the, if you, it's not like uh, MLB Extra Innings, which you can get on DirecTV or your local cable company. This is MLB TV through their website. Um, and it is set to auto-renew. If you have an MLB subscription, it auto-renews as of March 1. And as Craig said, you should go immediately and cancel your auto-renew if you have MLB TV. And you know what? I did that this morning. Why should I give them my $129 a year you know, uh, to put in their pockets now when we don't even have spring training and we don't even know when we'll have a season? And you know what? And if, I, you know, if they get this squared away and they start the season, I can, I can then get MLB TV back if I so choose. But, but, to, but to give them money now when they're not even negotiating in good faith and just say, hey, here's my $129 bucks and the, the thousands and thousands of people across the country that do that, screw that. So uh, you can do it uh, if you have an MLB TV subscription. Just go to uh, uh, to the MLB website. Go to the your account on the, the top right to manage subscriptions and uh, and just cancel the auto renew. And you can always renew it later. But I'll be damned if I'm giving them a dollar uh, until they get this squared away. And, and I say that. And and the other thing that Craig brought up, and he's probably right. And I got so excited over the fact that the Red Sox are coming to Atlanta. I bought tickets to when the Red Sox come down to play the Braves uh, in May. And Craig's saying, you know what, we shouldn't even buy tickets right now because you're still putting money in the owner's pockets when you buy tickets to games. We don't even know are going to happen. And it's, he makes a good point. And I hadn't thought about that. Uh, and if I had, I probably wouldn't have bought those tickets. But I was so afraid that I was going to miss out on the chance to see the Red Sox when they're only going to be two and a half hours away uh, when I am, according to the sign behind me, as you can see here, a thousand miles away from Fenway Park. This is the the only chance I'm going to have to see them in person. Uh, but uh, but like he's saying, you know, why should we buy tickets to games this summer when we don't even know if they're going to happen? You know, and in the meantime, uh, these owners have our money. Uh, you know, we can get it back, obviously, if the games get canceled. But uh, in the meantime, they have our money. They're gaining interest on our money. And why should we do that to help them out at all? He makes a good point. He really does. It's 45 minutes past here. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we got a couple more things to talk about Major League Baseball before uh, we get out of here. Uh, this morning. Back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 46 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Tuesday morning, the 15th day of February. And uh, it is going to be about uh, 55 degrees down here in Hayesville, North Carolina. I will be outside uh, 
start to work on the garden. I got to start putting it together, and I am excited. By the way, I bought a tractor yesterday. Not a big, you know, huge tractor. Well, I bought a lawn tra- a lawn tractor. It's not like I'm out <laughs> taking care of the back forty. Uh, but uh, we got a couple of acres of land here that uh, goes straight up and downhill. So uh, I am not going to be using a push mower. So we bought a nice tractor yesterday. Uh, and, uh, Jesus, it's like buying half a car for God's sake. Uh, but I'm excited. I got a John Deere tractor. Those of you that know me are probably going to be getting a a kick out of this, and I'm sure my wife will probably take pictures and uh, I'm sure you can have a good chuckle at my expense, but it's a, it's a big piece of equipment. I'm, I'm kind of excited, but, uh, uh, anyway, so I'm going to be out uh, working today, get the garden going and, uh, uh it's going to be, a, you know, a, f- a few more weeks. I'll be able to start planting down here. So can't wait spring around the corner. Um, but spring around the corner, we should be have we should be having baseball coming up March 31st. Don't know whether that's going to happen or not. I hope it does, but you know, what's going to be fun when they do finally get this mess, cleared up the uh free-for-all that is going to happen in baseball with free agent signings and trades and all kinds of moves i can't wait for this this is going to be it's going to be amazing i mean think about this you know the red sox for instance still have a bunch of guys who aren't even signed yet uh christian arroyo rafi devers nick pavetta josh taylor alex verdugo they're all eligible for arbitration. They don't have contracts yet. You know, and there's been talk about what the Red Sox might do with Xander Bogarts. What might they do in the free agent market? Could they be in a market for a guy like Trevor Story or Freddie Freeman or something like that? Look, you know, so there's plenty to do as far as the Red Sox go. But then think about this. These are all people right now that are free agents. And we don't know what's going to Think about this. Chris Bryant, Nick Castellanos, Carlos Correa, Michael Conforto, Freddie Freeman, Kenley Jansen, Clayton Kershaw, Anthony Rizzo, Trevor Story. They are all free agents that don't have a job right now. And if this lockout ends tomorrow, they'll bring the guys in for spring training in a week, and these guys don't have jobs. So their agents are going to be scrambling to get them jobs so they can actually get into spring training. I mean, that's that's an insane amount of talent still on the market. I mean, we saw a flurry just before the lockout, but there's still a lot of guys out there. Uh, think about this. Nelson Cruz doesn't have a job. He's 41 years old. He's a free agent, but this is a guy that uh, played 140 games last year at age 40 and had an 832 OPS. You know, he's not playing in the field, but now that there's going to be a universal DH, he's got a lot of uh, possible landing sites. Zach Greinke still out there, 38 years old, but a guy that was really good for most of the season, kind of ran out of gas at the end of the year, but he's out there. Jock Peterson's out there. Eddie Rosario, Jorge Soler, guys that played for the Atlanta Braves are all free agents and probably not going back because think about this. I mean, these guys are outfielders, right? Ronald Acuna Jr. was hurt last year. He's going to be back. Marcelo Zuna is going to be eligible to come back. He served a 20-game suspension for a domestic abuse thing and sat out the, the rest of the year, but he's going to be back. So a lot of these guys that were with the Braves last year, the free agents, aren't going to be coming back there. So they're all out there. The Oakland A's are talking about cutting salary. Chris Bassett, Matt Chapman, Sean Manaya, Frankie Montas, Matt Olson. These guys could all be gone. So it is going to be so much fun. 
and and the moving companies around the country are going to be thrilled because they're going to be getting an awful lot of business. But there is a lot still to happen. I just hope we get to a point where this starts happening soon. Yeah, I mean, it's just an absolute crime that we are where we are right now. And the fact that we could still be working under the old CBA and the owners refuse to do that is just, it's sickening. It's not fair to the fans, but of course the fans are always the ones that get screwed in this whole thing, right? All we want to do is watch our favorite game, you know, and uh, to not be looking forward to seeing my first spring training game in a week or two is, is uh, makes me so sad. So uh, one other quick note before we get out of here, Novak Djokovic is talking about potentially skipping the French Open and Wimbledon. He said if he has to choose between getting vaccinated and playing in those tournaments, he will not play the French Open or Wimbledon. Look, this is the guy. He's uh, he's the number one ranked player in the world. He's chasing Rafael Nadal's 21 Grand Slam titles. But he is sticking by his conviction. And he said it's the price that he's willing to pay. Now, you know, do I think he's a bullethead? And do I think the fact that that he went out and did interviews and clinics and stuff when he wasn't vaccinated and, you know, uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, he has a choice. We all have a choice. Do I think everybody should get vaccinated? Yes, but I've had that conversation with my wife. And at some point, you just say, well, it's your decision, it's your body. And if he chooses not to, and it costs him a chance to win uh, a couple more Grand Slams, and he's willing to risk that, God bless him. You know, I I, I can't kill him for it because it's not like anybody's putting a gun to his head. You know, at the end of the day, he has his choice. And if, if that's the choice he wants to make, uh, so be it. And by the way, you know, coming up in the fall, you know, they still have vaccine mandates in New York City for the front, for the U.S. Open. So, I mean, it could be that he does not compete in any Grand Slams this year. Now, with the COVID numbers coming down and mass mandates going away in a lot of different places, it's possible that uh, that he'll be fine and that, that the, a lot of these uh, rules will go away prior to those tournaments. But I wouldn't count on it. But, again, if, if that's the price he's willing to pay, you know, I, you know, all I can say is best of luck. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, I think, with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We do have some stuff going on. I think the Celtics play tonight. we got the Bruins tonight. Uh, so with the NBA and NHL back in action, so we'll have a little bit more to talk about tomorrow, I hope. Uh, but uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from Luke Bryan. Most people are good. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.